This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Jared Kushner, Senior Advisor to Donald Trump, noted the following. The agreement would not have been possible without the leadership of a president who refuses to do things the same old way just because that is how it has always been done. Has the current American president's way of doing things ensured him a second term of office? Wayne Sussman writes for the Daily Maverick and is an election fundy, especially for those taking place in South Africa and America. Wayne, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Sharice, it's great to be back on your show. It's been a few years and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So it's an exciting election coming up and um, perhaps we can start off with whether the big deal Abraham Accord will influence Trump's chances of being It's a great question. So this is a major deal. Trump has this uncanny ability of, as his son-in-law said in that article you quoted, of doing the unexpected and getting certain results done. Also remember that we've moved to a situation where foreign policy in a country like America and in many election issues, I think back to when John McCain, the senator from Arizona, the war hero, challenged Barack Obama, they try to make foreign policy and defense a major election issue. It was less so. I think internationally, as we move uh, to a period of great economic turbulence, as the disparity between the rich and poor grows, with the way the American election works, in certain states, the Abraham Accord, the accord between the United Arab Emirates and Israel, could help Trump get some crucial votes. Uh, one of the things that I noticed coming out uh, after that Abraham Accord announcement was firstly, exactly as you said, that the comments on Twitter were like, oh, what about our economy? What about the race issues, etc." So there is that local thing. But what it did do, Wayne, and I know you're going to come back again to talk about the Jewish vote, but what it did do is it uh, calmed Jewish community um, around the world in terms of left-wing Jews who are particularly uh, concerned about annexation. That is correct, Cherie. So let's focus on the American Jewish community. I think that... Even Trump's sternest critics uh, on the left have given him credit uh, and even Netanyahu credit for achieving this deal. Um, it does take annexation off the table, and I think liberal groups are going to give credit where credit's due. It's very, very hard in today's polarized society, particularly you mentioned Twitter, to do that because people don't really like nuance anymore. But at the end of the day, I think that for many of those liberal groups, they still worry about Trump, uh, Donald President Trump, associating himself with conspiracy groups like QAnon and some people on the far right. So it's again, people, are, when it comes to elections, there are so many choices we have to make. Economy, the handling of the coronavirus, foreign policy, uh, job opportunities, um, health care, um, the idea of Black Lives Matter. Uh, the idea of a more inclusive society, the ideas of rural versus urban. So voters are weighing all those options up. And whilst they might be very thankful for the UAE peace accord, they might have concerns of the president's handling or mishandling of the coronavirus. Wayne, we're in a society that doesn't like uh, nuance and is highly divided. How do we get then, I mean, how did it come about that we have a choice, Americans have a choice between Donald Trump 
and Joe Biden. Great. So history is being made as they'll be the two oldest people on the ballot. Um, it was clear from early on that it was either going to be Trump versus Senator Bernie Sanders, the Jewish senator of Vermont, or Joe Biden, the former vice president of Delaware, uh, who comes from the state of Delaware. And we ended up with Biden versus Trump. It is quite astonishing. Over 20 people threw in their name, their name is in the hat, to become the Democratic nominee. You had a lot of talented senators. Uh, I think of people like Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey, uh, who has very close um, relationship with the Jewish community, um, who's an African-American. You had someone like Kamala Harris, the senator from California, who is married to a Jewish person, whose one parent is African-American, the other, the other parent um, uh, is from the subcontinent, I think it's uh, Indian or Sri Lankan. So it's quite, you had someone like Pete Buttigieg, uh, the very talented, well-spoken uh, mayor of a small town in Indiana who's a gay American. So the Democratic Party put a, forward all these choices and they ended up with a 77-year-old uh, former vice president who really struggled early on. Um, and I think that when one looks at Donald Trump, and obviously his ascension is in 2015, which uh, culminates with him becoming the Republican nominee in 2016, and you see Joe Biden ultimately prevailing as the Democratic candidate, tells us this, that in 2015, 2016, there was a large sector of voters, particularly white working-class voters in America, who are sick of establishment politics, who are sick of Washington, D.C. and the elites uh, being out of touch with, the, with uh, rural areas, with suburbs, um, and they felt very much forgotten. And Donald Trump emerges as their talisman, as their hero, a most unlikely hero for the Republican Party, a man who'd been divorced, a man who was recorded of saying the most despicable things uh, about women, um, a man who is so out of touch with rural America. He's certainly, I don't think he'd ever held a gun in his life. Um, and he becomes the embodiment of this insurgent, and he becomes the nominee. At the same time, well, not at the same time, a few years later, um, let us not forget that Joe Biden did seriously consider throwing in his name in the hat in 2016, but the untimely passing of his son, which I want to come back to, Beau Biden, uh, who was seen as his heir apparent in Delaware politics, um, saw him saying, I'm going through too much grief, I can't do it this time. Reluctantly, he gets coaxed to run uh, in 2020, he's seen as the overwhelming favorite. And the way the American primary system works is you go from, uh, it's not all states or all provinces, as we say in South Africa at one stage. It's a, there's a whole calendar of events. And essentially we started in Iowa. Joe Biden was by far the most recognizable person, but he lost out to this young gay mayor from Indiana. He lost out to Bernie Sanders. He had a distant showing. We then went to the state of New Hampshire, where, again, Biden was by far the most well-known candidate. And he, I forget, he either finished fourth or fifth. And his campaign really seemed in the rocks. 
We then went to the state of Nevada, which has quite a large Jewish population, and he came second. And then a key thing happened. And I don't know how often, maybe you've interviewed Adam Mendelson before, the academic that you spoke about, South Carolina. But South Carolina is absolutely pivotal because James Clyburn, a senior black congressman in the party, said, I'm going to give the Clyburn endorsement. And a few days before South Carolina, he endorses Joe Biden. Now, Democratic politics, they're, of course, um, very much associated with Black Lives Matter, with more progressive ideas. But a lot of the leading black candidates, uh, uh, elected officials in the Democratic Party are moderates. Clyburn was a moderate. He endorsed Biden and Biden crushes the opposition in South Carolina. I'm getting to the punchline now. What happened soon after that is that all, uh, many of the other more moderate challengers drop out of the race because they see it as a choice between the 78-year-old left-wing Bernie Sanders versus the more moderate establishment Joe Biden and throw their weight behind Joe Biden. And Joe Biden just crushes uh, Bernie Sanders at Super Tuesday and he becomes a presumptive nominee. And this is, so let's just quickly talk about Joe Biden. I described a lot of what I thought uh, Trump's attributes were to voters. When it comes to Biden, I think people see him as a consensus figure, as a figure who can, who is establishment, who is moderate, who can win over Republican voters who feel repulsed by uh, Donald Trump but at the same time can also unify the party and bring the more liberal left-wing elements online. And I think that's ultimately how we end up here today. Uh, Wayne, that kind of looks at, kind of explains beautifully why we've got Biden on one side. Um, we don't have much time, and I know you wanted to come back to Biden's son. Um, do you want to just go back to that? And also just to say that this conversation will be continued. What's key here is whatever one's political viewers. It's always important to understand why people, why politicians appeal to certain groupings. And I, I think I explained that about Donald Trump. Key part of Joe Biden's appeal is that this is a guy who has given a lifetime of service in America. And he gets elected, I think he might still be the youngest ever elected senator at 29 years old. Um, old. Very soon after that, his wife and another child gets killed in a car accident. And this is unbelievable. This young married guy, the, his whole career is ahead of him, and he suffers this enormous tragedy. And a few decades later, in 2016, where Biden's already known as this person who's got empathy, this ability, who's suffered so much grief in his life, his son gets brain cancer, Beau Biden, who's seen as this real heir to the Biden dynasty. And he dies tragically of brain cancer. And this reinforces this idea of Biden as someone who has tremendous amount of empathy. One of the things he does, and again, I can speak also about things which Trump does for his base, but Biden calls someone, a random person across America a day, and has these long conversations with him. You, you recently... Um, I've seen it with George Floyd's family, that he has this ability to connect with people who are enduring a lot of suffering and pain and to be their vehicle and voice. Wayne, unfortunately, we have to leave it there, but you are coming back. This is the first of a series of um, chats that you and I are going to have about the American elections. And we're going to look at, again, Trump, I think, versus Joe Biden. How, what, what, what can we expect to happen next? But also the Jewish element. Who's who? the Jewish-American um, 
circus. I shouldn't call it a circus, should I? Wayne, thank you so much for joining me. And thank we'll you so much. Soon we'll carry this conversation on. Cheers. Thank you very much. That was Wayne Sussman, who is an election fundee.